Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're someone who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, certified life and weight mindset coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi everyone and a very warm welcome to the Lose Weight Live Life podcast episode number 155, when you're not making the progress you want. Today I'm talking to you about the different types of problems, challenges, obstacles, it doesn't really matter what you call them, that come up for you during your weight loss journey. And I'm talking to you about how you can work with them to help you move yourself forward. But before we get started, I have a favour to ask. And that is that if you are a regular podcast listener and find what I share useful and helpful, then I would be incredibly grateful if you could take just a minute and rate and review the podcast on Apple or rate the podcast on Spotify. The more positive ratings and reviews we get, the easier it is for people wanting weight loss support to find this podcast. And also, if you've not hit the follow or download button on your podcast app yet, please do that because it also helps other people find the podcast more easily. And of course, you'll also get the podcast episodes showing up for you automatically as they're released in your podcast feed each week. Thank you so much. Okay, on to this episode then. So if you're not making the progress with your weight loss and or creating the relationship with food that you want, I would love you to hit pause in just a moment and write down all the reasons why. And to help you with this, you might want to ask yourself, why is weight loss difficult for me? And then write down some reasons and then ask yourself again. And what else makes it difficult? And write again and then ask yourself what gets in the way and keep asking yourself these questions until you have written down everything that you can think of that makes weight loss difficult for you. And then I want you to come back to the podcast episode and hit play and continue with the episode and use what you learn to reflect back on and think about and seek to understand all the things that are getting in the way of you making the weight loss progress you want. Now, in the Lose Weight Live Life Academy, we use the mindset model, which is a framework created by Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School. And we use the model in two ways. The first is to help us make sense and understand our default habitual behavioural patterns. And the second is to help us change those patterns to create more of what we want in life. And the basic premise of the mindset model is that your thoughts about factual things, circumstances and situations in your life determine how you feel. Your thoughts create your feelings and your feelings determine what you likely do or don't do in response to those circumstances and your actions determine the outcomes and results that you create in your life your actions are the things you do and don't do okay so the mindset model shows us how everything that we think feel and do is intrinsically linked and it explains concepts like the henry ford quote whether you think you can or you think you can't you're right and the theodore roosevelt quote believe you can and you're halfway there and even Walt Disney's quote, if you can dream it, you can do it. Anyway, there are five components to the mindset model. Circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions. We can also include inactions with that and results. And any problem in life can be assessed through the lens of the mindset model 
and broken down so that you can understand whether you are experiencing the problem as a circumstance, a thought, a feeling, an action or inaction, or a result. And so today we're going to look at some common weight loss obstacles and challenges and problems through the lens of the mindset model. And so why are we doing this? Why is this important and how will it help you? Well, it's going to show you how you're able to influence and handle your weight loss challenges and problems, no matter what category they fall into, by first understanding them better. And as I guide you through the examples, you'll notice the similarities in challenges and problems, as well as their interconnectedness. And this is excellent news, as it implies that by addressing just a few obstacles hindering your weight loss, you can easily create a ripple effect of change. And the accumulative impact of that will not only resolve those specific challenges, but also simplify other aspects of your weight loss journey, making overall progress easier and more attainable. Okay, so we're going to start with some circumstances that sometimes come up in the Lose Weight Live Life Academy that can appear as creating problems and challenges when it comes to weight loss that are connected with members not making the progress that they want. And so I'm going to give you three examples and I'm going to pick one of those to dive into into a little more detail. So the three examples of circumstantial weight loss challenges might be, the first one is illness. So whether it is a serious, ongoing, acute or chronic illness or suffering a cold for a few weeks or something in between, when we get ill, it can cause us some challenges and obstacles on our weight loss journey. The second example is someone who is working full time whilst caring for others. So factually, the circumstances of that might look like 38 hours work commitment and 15 hours care commitment each week, whether that care is for children or ageing relatives. And the reason it's seen as a problem could be related to the lack of time. That's what we're assuming there. And then the third one is having a diary full of upcoming work and social events. Factual things that are in your diary that you see as being problematic, challenging, going to make weight loss more difficult for you over the coming weeks or months. So how do these lead to a lack of weight loss progress? Well, I'm going to pick one and dive into it a little deeper. So I'm going to take illness. So illness can make things more difficult in many ways. Medication itself can upset our digestion or increase our hunger or lead to a requirement that we eat more frequently. When we feel ill, we tend to have less motivation for doing things to help our weight loss, whether that's shopping or preparing meals or going for a walk. Or we may have lost our appetite and not want to eat healthily and eat nourishing food. And we may have a habit of using treat or comfort food to help us feel better when we're feeling ill. What's key here is that once we acknowledge circumstances related to illness that make weight loss difficult for us, we can start to do something about them. This is why I asked you to write down everything that makes weight loss difficult for you at the outset. In order to make weight loss easier, we have to take everything that makes it difficult and put plans in place to help us. Not as diets have us do, which is ignore everything that makes it difficult, but put the blinkers on and try to force ourselves to eat in a certain way. So if illness or maybe it's chronic pain makes weight loss difficult for you, the first step is to know that and acknowledge it. And then you can ask yourself why or how, how is this making things more difficult for me? And it's important to be honest with yourself. And in order to be honest with yourself, you're going to want to learn to not judge yourself or think things should be different. 
that you shouldn't have to be dealing with this or that you should be able to cope with whatever it is that is impacting how you are eating. So this looks like you being honest with yourself that when you experience your chronic pain, when you have a flare up maybe, that it's uncomfortable, it doesn't feel good and that you maybe eat to help yourself feel better about it. And that could be to feel better physically or feel better emotionally or very likely both. Once you know what you're doing, you can then objectively examine whether your thinking, even if it's habitual or unconscious thinking, is helping you. It may be that it's very well intentioned, but maybe supporting yourself with biscuits to alleviate the physical discomfort and emotionally support yourself is creating more of a hindrance than helping you. Once you know this and you can see it, then you're ready to explore alternative solutions to alleviate the discomfort and emotionally support yourself. So if you think about it, really knowing what is difficult, acknowledging it, recognising it, being aware of it, and then asking yourself why it's difficult, difficult, peeling back more of those layers to see what is going on for you. And there might be some what we call crooked or faulty thinking underneath that's then something that you can look at and address and help yourself with. Okay, so talking about thinking, let's then look at what is we call the next line of the mindset model, which is the thought line. So let's look at some ways of thinking that often come up in the Lose Weight Live Life Academy that can appear as creating problems and challenges when it comes to weight loss. Again, connected with members not making the progress that they want. So three examples that I thought of are thinking and believing that weight loss is too difficult thinking and believing that weight loss is too slow and thinking that feeling better in the moment is more important than not feeling better in the moment when it comes to choosing to eat foods that are going to hinder our weight loss. And you may already be seeing that thoughts like these could indeed be linked to the circumstances that I just spoke about. So let's dive deeper into number two, thinking and believing that weight loss is too slow. First, let's explore why is this thought a problem? Okay, so when, what is slow? It's pretty arbitrary, isn't it? So how much weight lost over what time period is too slow? What needs to be true in order for us to meet that criteria? Well, it could be that for one person, it might be that losing a pound a week is too slow if they have an expectation that they should be losing two pounds a week. For another person, it may be that a pound a fortnight is too slow. The actual amount the person is losing in a given time period is useful to know, but it's also important to recognise and acknowledge that the facts of the situation here are not the problem. The other thing to consider is the time period that the thought has been made in relation to. So if a person has been working to lose weight for two weeks and has lost two pounds over that period, do you think that they are more or less likely to think that the weight loss is too slow compared to the person who has been working to lose weight for three months and has lost a stone. Maybe the person who has lost the stone is also feeling more energised, has more mental focus, is sleeping better, has noticed their joints are less achy, all of these positive um, non-weight related, non-numerical related enhancements, improvements, benefits. Chances are that instead of thinking their weight loss is too slow, they're feeling proud and thrilled with the positive impact they've made whilst they've been losing weight on their physical and emotional well-being. Can you see two situations that are factually the same with two entirely different ways of thinking or stories being told about them? They've got two totally different perspectives. 
The difference in perception underscores the power of mindset and the stories we tell ourselves about our progress. It's not just about the numbers on the scale, but also about recognising and valuing the comprehensive improvements that accompany the journey towards a healthier lifestyle. But why is it a problem if we think that weight loss is too slow, if we've been working at it for two weeks and we've lost two pounds? Well, that's exactly the question we need to ask ourselves. It could be that you've found the two weeks that you've been working at losing weight incredibly difficult and that maybe you fear you can't sustain it for the long term. This would be very familiar with how we have frequently approached restrictive diets over the past three decades. Or it could be that the only measure of success is what the number on the scales tell you And that's not helpful for a number of reasons. And this comes back to being clear on why you want to lose the weight you want to lose. Because it's not just to be a different number on the scale. It's going to be about feeling better physically or feeling better emotionally. Feeling better physically may be related to feeling uncomfortable with the amount of body fat that you have. Physically uncomfortable because it feels heavy, you can't move how you want to. Feeling better emotionally may be related to your intrinsic belief system around what a woman should weigh of what is acceptable. And you may want to weigh a certain number so that you can feel good about yourself, so that you can allow yourself to feel good about yourself. You see, how once you start paying attention, you get to dig deeper and peel back the layers of what is going on for you so that you can discover what the real problem is. So once you've identified that losing weight slowly is a problem for you and you've identified the exact parameters of that and you've asked yourself why it is a problem, you can then figure out what you want the solution to be. Is the solution to make weight loss easier or is it to make it more enjoyable so that the losing at it at the rate at which you're losing it feels okay so that you're happy with that and you'll just carry on and carry on and carry on? Or is the solution to identify what you really need to feel better? For example, accepting your body weight so that you can feel confident, learn to love and appreciate yourself and your body, no matter the number on the scales. Or maybe the truth is that you're not eating the way you would like to be eating and you kind of know that, but you're focusing on the number on the scales to distract you from the truth that you've not yet made some of the changes you want to make. And that's okay. And allowing yourself to see that means that you can now focus on the real problem, why you feel the need to eat foods that hinder your weight loss more than you would like to be eating them. Okay then, so let's move on. Let's look at some ways of feeling that often come up in the Lose Weight Live Life Academy that can appear as creating problems and challenges when it comes to weight loss. Okay, so the three examples that I came up with were, one is feeling what I call over-desire for certain foods. The other one is feeling entitled or deserving of certain foods. And the third one is feeling an uncomfortable emotion that you want to eat in order to numb, escape, or avoid. And this could be any uncomfortable emotion from bored to frustrated, to judged, to daunted, could be anything at all. And the one that I'm gonna explore more detail is feeling entitled or deserving of certain foods. Okay, so the common association here is deserving of a treat. Another one, the feeling of entitled, often comes up when you think that you should be able to have what you want. And these feelings of deserving and entitled often cause us problems and keep us stuck because when we're feeling entitled and allowed and deserving of certain foods or drinks to treat ourselves, we, well, first of all, we're likely to eat the foods that we think we should be having. But secondly, the alternative is that we're not deserving or we're not allowed. And when we think this way, it can cause us some real challenges. 
we definitely don't want to be feeling undeserving or telling ourselves that we're not allowed certain foods because that heads us right into the territory of feeling restricted and deprived. And that is not going to work. That is why diets don't work. And as you may have noticed with all of the examples we're exploring here, whether they are circumstantial, whether they're thoughts, feelings, actions or inactions or result examples, it all comes down to our thinking. So let's explore the emotional connections we make with food around feeling entitled and deserving, as well as undeserving and deprived. So feeling entitled is actually quite complex because, of course, as grown human adults, we can, of course, choose to eat what and when and wherever we want. So why do we feel entitled to eat certain foods when we rarely in our modern developed world notice feelings of entitlement around things like the air we breathe or the water we drink? We don't go around feeling deserving or entitled to them because we don't have such an emotional relationship with air and water. They just are. And it's more likely, in fact, that we just take them for granted. Again, I believe it comes from previous restriction or diet mentality and the avoidance of limiting or restricting what we eat. So the way I suggest you move forward with this is that when you notice you're feeling particularly entitled or particularly deserving of a certain food, you notice it and start to consider instead about why you want it and why you don't want it. Step into that place of emotional maturity. Start to recognise you are the ultimate authority on what you choose to eat. And then you can start deciding what you want from what I call a clean place and not from the place of assuming you can't have it. I suggest that in addition to this, you also look at your underlying needs. Dive deeper in what to, into what needs or desires you're expressing through feelings of entitlement or deservingness towards certain foods. Are you seeking comfort, a reward for hard work? or perhaps an escape from stress. Recognising these underlying needs can uncover healthier ways to meet them without relying on food. Also, I've spoken about this lots before, reframe your concept of treats, rethink the idea that indulgent foods are the only form of treat or reward. Consider alternative rewards that don't involve food, so don't involve hindering you with what you ultimately want, creating the well-being that you want. Think of things such as enjoying a relaxing bath or buying a new book or spending time on a hobby. This shift can help you disassociate the feeling of reward from eating and introduce more varied and fulfilling ways to treat yourself in your life. And also consider building a flexible mindset. Move away from viewing eating choices in binary terms, allowed versus not allowed, deserving versus undeserving, which is ultimately what is going on here. Aim for a more flexible and compassionate approach, recognising that all foods can fit into your diet in moderation, understanding that it's all about balance. Doing this can lessen feelings of deprivation and restriction. Okay, so then let's talk about inaction or action problems that often come up and cause weight loss challenges. So this would be things we do that hinder us achieving the health and weight goals that we want and things that we do things that we're not doing that would help us if we were doing them. All right, so let's take three examples. Example number one, not writing down our off-plan eating or our out-of-alignment eating, not writing it down, not tracking it. And I say this because this is something that we do in the Lose Weight Live Life Academy as a part of the process. So if you're not doing that, and there's lots of reasons why we do this, but if you're not doing that, you're, you're going to be um, causing yourself a bit of a problem. 
Number two is not planning your meals for the week and shopping accordingly. And number three is not going for a daily walk to help you feel better emotionally. And I'm I'm saying these things for those of you who are wanting to do them as a part of you creating the relationship with food, creating the weight loss and the well-being that you want. Okay, there are so many things we can do to help us on our weight loss journey that assist us with creating a better relationship with food, improving our health and making weight loss easier, like literally hundreds and hundreds of them. And of course, I'm not suggesting that everyone tries to do all of them, but you're going to want to do some of them. You're going to want to change some of the things that you're doing in your life in order to create a different result or actually just going to get the same result over and over and over again. Um, But the thing is, sometimes we don't do the things, even though we know they'll help us, even though sometimes we want to do them, we don't even mind doing them or we even enjoy doing them. Sometimes we still don't do them. Again, that hinders us. The reason we don't comes down to our conscious or subconscious thinking. So taking the three examples I just gave, maybe we don't write down our off-plan eating because we think we should know better or even think we shouldn't have eaten what we just ate. So we don't want to acknowledge it because it feels bad. We're layering on some self-judgment or feelings of regret that we want to avoid. And maybe we don't plan our meals and do a shop to set ourselves up for the day, for the week, because we think we don't have enough time. And maybe we don't go for our daily well-being walk because we tell ourselves we'll be fine without it today and we'll go tomorrow instead. So taking one of those and diving in in more detail, let's consider deciding to not plan our meals for the week and shop accordingly. This is an inaction problem. We are not doing something consciously, even though it might feel a little bit subconsciously, we're not doing something that is going to help us create the weight loss results that we want. We're not acting in such a way that makes our weight loss journey easier. And it's because we are mistaken around the belief that not doing these things, typically, this is what I see anyway, will save us some time. We think that not planning and not online shopping, not taking the 30 to 60 minutes to do that will be saved if we don't do it. So we think we're saving ourselves, I don't know, half an hour, an hour max, probably being a little bit over over giving too much time to it but ultimately we don't do it we tell ourselves we've not got enough time we tell ourselves we need to save that time because we're so busy so we save the 30 to 60 minutes but then what well then we're facing a week with no food in the fridge and no idea about what we will have we're probably telling ourselves at this point what we should have versus what we shouldn't have because we're now in the sort of like making a decision in the moment type thinking so we either eat the less healthy food that we have in the house or we end up going shopping ad hoc for the foods that we want, or we end up getting a last minute takeaway because we've got no food in the house and we're too exhausted to go shopping. So we either hinder our weight loss or we end up taking far more time going back and forth to the supermarket than it would have taken us to do the original plan and online shop. And then that makes weight loss start to feel more difficult and then it makes the journey feel harder and then we're not going to make the progress we want and then we're more likely to give up. We also forget that once we're in the practice of planning and doing our online shop, that we get more and more efficient at doing that. We are going to be learning all of the time and getting quicker and more efficient, as I was saying, at it. Um, As we do that, we can do things like reuse the previous week's plans and we get to save our online shopping trolleys for future use too. So the more we do it, the more time we're going to be saving, the more efficient we're going to be. So we identify these problems that hinder us making the weight loss progress we want through an awareness that we're not doing them. Or in some cases, it may be doing things we don't want to do. 
uh, for example, evening snacking. And then we can look at what we're thinking to see why we're not doing the thing we want. And we can also look at what we would be thinking if we were doing the thing we want. So if we prioritise weekly planning and online shopping because we tell ourselves how much time we're going to save, because we tell ourselves how much more time we will have for other things, then we are far more likely to press on and get the thing done. Lastly, I'm going to talk to you about results problems. In what ways do the results that members get cause them a problem or a challenge in their Lose Weight, Live Life Academy weight loss journey? How can the results we get lead us to not make the progress we want? Well, of course, the other obvious one to consider here is the number on the scales. Um, but there are others. It might be other health numbers, such as your cholesterol or your HbA1c levels. Um, but then there are also non-numerical results as well, such as our own observations of how we look and feel. Although worth noting, of course, that these are going to be very, very subjective. So let's take the often dreaded number on the scale. The number on the scale is the result of what and how you've eaten over the past days, weeks, months and years, as well as your life stage, your activity level, aspects of your mental and physical well-being, the health of your endocrine system, that's all things hormones, your genetics, your upbringing and much, much more. However, in spite of everything that impacts the number on the scale, we tend to use that number, that result in ways that hinder us. And I will also say sometimes help us, but I see it far more in ways that hinder us on our weight loss journey. And to be clear, the problem is never the number itself, but it's how we interpret that number. It's what we think about the number. It's what we make it mean. It's the thoughts we may have about the number that causes us problems from telling ourselves that we have maybe um, we can have a little extra because the number on the scales has gone down to telling ourselves that we need to cut way back because the number has not come down at all. So therefore, we're going to have to start restricting and depriving ourselves. And these thoughts about the number on the scale cause problems because telling ourselves we can have a little more, essentially rewarding our weight loss with food, which is, if you think about it, kind of crazy. And then telling ourselves we have to be less, have to have less, punishing ourselves with food, which is also kind of crazy when what we're wanting is to create a balanced, neutral relationship with food, a relationship with food that we can use to enable us to be the weight that we want to be. So we don't want to be doing all of these things. So the way to move forward with the results problem is always going to be by creating a more neutral response to them. When we have a result we like, we want to acknowledge it, definitely, but we want to celebrate our effort, not the result. We want to celebrate all the things we did to create the result, not the result. Because when we celebrate the result, we're attaching meaning to the success of the number going down. But when you are the weight you want to be, that's not going to be happening anymore. But you're still going to be doing all the things you're doing to support that number moving down in the first place. Well, just to clarify, you will be if you're taking my recommended non-diet, non-ultra restrictive approach to losing weight because you are going to be figuring out how you want to eat for life. So you're going to be doing all the things that you're doing to slowly decrease your weight over time for life. So you want to be celebrating yourself for doing all of those things. That is far more impressive, far more worth celebrating than what the number on the scales is showing you, just that numerical value. And with regards to creating a more neutral response to the results you don't like on the scales, that looks like seeking to understand why you have the result that you do and once you know that, deciding whether you want to change some things to create a different result 
is something that you can focus on. And when you do this in a neutral way, with compassion for yourself and by focusing on what you can learn from from the result, it's going to no longer be a problem. All right. So that then is everything that I wanted to share with you today. It's for you if you're not making the progress you want on your weight loss journey. As I said earlier, write down all the reasons why weight loss is difficult for you. Ask yourself questions about them. Dig deeper. Keep asking yourself, why is why do I think that makes weight loss difficult? And go deeper and deeper and deeper. And then go through what you've written and explore what you've written with curiosity and see if you think it's a circumstantial problem or a thinking problem or a feeling problem, an action or an inaction problem or a results problem. And then think about what you've learned here and decide how you want to go about helping yourself to solve those problems. And of course, if you would like help with any of this, then we would love to have you join us in the Lose Weight Live Life Academy. And you can join as a VIP member right away, or you can wait until monthly and enrolment next opens. And you can find out more about the Lose Weight Live Life Academy at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash enroll. And in the meantime, have a great weekend and take care. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honoured to have you join the Lose Weight Live Life Academy membership and coach with me. The programme offers different levels of support to suit you, including self-paced learning, twice-weekly calls, private coaching, an amazingly caring community and lots more. Find out all the details about when and how you can join at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching.